Blog Talk Radio. And now I present to you that international Bible teacher of teachers, Seer Israel of Seedwell. He will utter dark things and mysteries which have been kept from the foundation of the world, showing us the way to go. Hallelujah, Yahweh. The True Israelites, with your host, the Seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Young line, one of the up and coming teachers out of Camp One. 
He's ready to do his part in some dust edge job And that's the great thing. So we need your land to get right to it. Let me find a young line and get him see if he's ready if he call it peacefully to get in that microphone and do his part. We'll find out. You meet the young line with a loud voice, he said, Brother Titus Israel. Up and come and teach out of town one. Yaqwa bless you there, Seer, Israel, of Seeroy. Hallelujah, Yaqwa. All right, Hallelujah, right. You sound like to me, you up to nothing. You ready to do your part there, young man? I mean, that's a great thing. It's all about doing our part, says Yaqwa. Brand new spirit there, young man. What we reveal is now is, is who is the, and this got to be some detective scholarly work. We got to do some detective scholarly work according to the Bible to fish out the true Israelites of the Bible. I'm going to try to fish them out there, y'all, but let's see if we get something going on by looking at Luke chapter 12, verse 12. Let's see what we got going on there, y'all, line. The book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 12 reads, For the righteous spirit to teach you at the same hour what you ought to say. And at very same hour, the righteous spirit will teach you what you ought to say. And what we're trying to say is we got to we got to unfold who is in part two the true Israelites of the Bible part two. So we need to know more about that word, young line. We need to know more about that word Israelite. Where that word come from? And when you see that word, what do it, it depict? We have more information about the young line. So what we're going to do, we're going to see if we can take a look at Genesis 49, 1 and 2. We look at Genesis 49, verse 1 and 2. We need to know more about this word called Israelite. What do this word, where is it coming from? Because people say, an Israelite, what is a true Israelite? Isn't that a, a religion? True Israelite? Is that a religion? What is that? And that's why we got to take a time and, and form those on a national audience over 900,000 strong. Even uh, Brother G. Everson is in the room. And maybe you won't stick around and hear about who is the true Israelites of the Bible as we do some godly detective work. We got to do detective work on this right here. Because people think the true Israelite is a religion. Well, we're going to find out what they talked about by looking at Genesis 49, young man. Look at Genesis 49, verse 1 and 2. Let's see what Genesis 49, verse 1 and 2 says about the true Israelite and where that word came from. 49, 1 and 2 says what? Of Genesis. 
The book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 1 and 2. Genesis, chapter 49, verse 1 reads, And Jacob called unto his son and said, Gather yourself together, that I may tell you that which should befall you in the last days. Verse 2, Gather yourself together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken to Israel, your father. Oh, Israel is the name of Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So we found out that this name Israel is not pointing toward a land. It's pointing toward a man. Get some more information on that. Let's go to Genesis 46, verse 1 there, young line. Genesis 46, verse number 1. See what's going on in Genesis 46, verse 1. The book of Genesis, chapter 46, verse 1 reads, And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came into Beersheba and offered sacrifices to Yahweh of his father Isaac. Uh-huh. So now we found out that Israel got a father, and his father's name is Isaac. Oh, we own something. So this word Israel is not pointing toward a, a land. It's pointing toward a bloodline man that got a father named Isaac. Pretty good. Let's go to 48 chapter there, young lines. We're going to Genesis 48. Verse 1 and 2, and skip down to 8 down to verse 11, and 14, 15, 20, and 21. Genesis 49, verse 1, 2, 8 through 11, 14 and 15, and 20 and 21. So what do we find out so far? That the word Israel is not pointing toward a land. It's pointing toward a, a, a man whose name was Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, and his man have a father named Isaac. That was going to find out so far, so we, that's pretty nice. So what else we got in, in verse number 48, verse 1, 2, 8 through 11, 14 and 15, 20 and 21. Come on, y'all, I ain't going to cry, come on. The book of Genesis, chapter 48, verse 1 and 2, 8 to 11, 14, 15, 20 to 21. Genesis chapter 48, verse 1 reads, And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, Behold, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Verse 2, And one told Jacob, and said, Behold, your son Joseph coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. Get down, verse 8. And Israel beheld Joseph's son and said, Who are these? Verse 9. And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom Yahweh has given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray you unto me, 
and I will bless them. Verse 10. Now the eyes of Israel were there for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them, and embraced them. Verse 11. And Israel said unto Joseph, I have not though I see your face. I have no, I have not though to see your face. And lo, Yahweh has shown me also your seed. Skip down, verse 14 and 15. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ebal's head, who was a younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guided his head wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. Verse 15. And he blessed Joseph and said, Yahweh before, whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did, walk, Yahweh, which fed me all my life, long until this day. Skip down verse 20 and 21. And he blessed them that day, saying, And you should Israel bless, saying, Yahweh make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim, before Manasseh, 21. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but Yahweh should be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. Mm-hmm. So we find out this Israel, this is a father, and his father had, um, let's find out more about what this father had there, young man. This father name is Israel of a people. The father's name is Israel. And we found out, and his father's name was Isaac, talking bloodline. This is bloodline conversation. Okay. So we go on to Genesis and find out more about this young man, about this bloodline. Let's go and look at the 35th chapter. And we're going to look at verse number 22. Let's see what it says in Genesis 35, verse 22. Go on to the book of Genesis, chapter 35, verse 22. Genesis, chapter 35, verse 22 reads, and it, and it came to pass, when Israel dwelt in that land, that Reuben went and laid upon Belhab as far as the concubine. And Israel heard it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. Mm-hmm. So Jacob, of Jacob is twelve. So, so Jacob got twelve sons, but... Now he got twelve sons. Um, what is the birth certificate of these twelve sons in Exodus chapter one, one down to seven? So he got twelve sons. Let's read a birth certificate and let's see what's going on with the twelve sons of Jacob. Going to Exodus chapter one, one through seven, and see if we get up twelve names and and bring up a birth certificate. Twelve. 
1 down to verse 7. But let's count them out there, young lion. Come on. Give me, give me a count on how many of these, these are in 12 and Esther chapter 1, 1 through 7. I need a count. I need a body count. Come on. The second book of the law, the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verse 1 down to verse 7. Exodus chapter 1, verse 1. Now these are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob. Verse 2. Reuben, 1. Simeon, 2. Levi, 3. And Judah, 4. Verse 3. Ishakar, 5. Zebulun, 6. And Benjamin, 7. Verse 4. Dan, 8. And Naphtali, 9. Gad, 10. And Asher, 11. Verse 5. And all the souls that came out of the Lord's of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. Verse 6. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. Verse 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. Ah, uh, but, but you stopped counting on 11 there, young one. Uh, you, you stopped, we both didn't find 12, and, and you both didn't heard the word 12. And you got down to verse 16. You just um, stumbled up that stone there, you know what So come back and read verse 6 again. And remember, you stopped at the count of 11. We try to come up with 12 since he had 12 sons. But you stopped at number the count number 11. And you didn't put no more. You didn't, put, you didn't seal a deal. Come back to verse 6 and see can you seal a deal there, you know what Verse 6, Exodus chapter 1, verse 6. And Joseph, 12, God, and all his brethren, and all that generation. All right, there you go. So there you go with your birth certificate of the children of Israel. Now, the children of Israel is 12. But something was is absent, children of Israel, on their birth certificate, and so we found out who Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And the birth certificate of 12 sons of Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, they don't have no byword and proverb names like the Jew. They're not called the Hebrew. And they're not called the Christian. So these three titles on them that they never was called. But it was prophesied that this was going to happen, and we're going to find out why. It was prophesied something was going to happen to them, the 12 tribes of Israel. What was prophesied to happen to them in Deuteronomy 28, 37, there, young line? We're going to the fifth book of the law, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Verse 37. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Verse 37. Read. And you should become an astonishment, a proverb, 
And the byword among all the nations, whether Yahweh should lead you. Mm-hmm. So he's saying you will become a byword and a proverb among all the nations that Yahweh should lead you. Who is the you he's talking about? Let's precept that in Second Chronicles 7, verse 14 through 16 and verse 20. He said, now, the prophecy in the, in the 1400 B.C. that you proverb and a byword among all the nations that Yahweh is going to lead you, you. We're going to precept in Second Chronicles 7, 14 through 16 and 20. Let's talk about it, young man. Come on. Go on to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 7. Verse 14 to 16 and verse 20. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 14 reads, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Verse 15. Now my eyes should be open and my ears attached to the prayer that is made in this place. Verse 16, For now I have chosen and sanctified this nation, that my name might be there forever, and my eyes and my mind should be there perpetually. Verse 20, Then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land, which I have given them. And this nation which I sanctify for my name will I cast off of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out. So you going to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. So this you, we got to sort of find out, breaking down who this you is to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Let's even go to um, Deuteronomy 31 there. Now, line. We're going to Deuteronomy 31. And look at verse 1, 11, 22, 28, and verse 30. Deuteronomy 38, verse 1, 11, 22, 28 and verse 30. Who is this you is going to be a astonished and a byword and a proverb among all nations? Everywhere you find this you people at, they're going to be a byword and a proverb. The true who? Who is he talking about? Let's talk about it. Come on. You got a line? The fifth book of the law. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 1, verse 11, 22, and 28, and 30. Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 1 reads, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. Verse 11. When all Israel is come to appear before Yahweh, young Yahweh, in the place which he should choose, you shall read this law before all Israel 
in their hearing. Verse 22. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it the children of Israel, 12 tribes. Verse 28. Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to record against them. Verse 30. And Moses spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel the words of this song and said they were ended. So Moses spoke all these words until they were ended. But he said, you said to all Israel, I, I need to know more about all Israel there, young man. I need to know a little bit more about all Israel. All Israel, according to Exodus chapter 9, verse 4 and 7, can you tell me a little bit more? Because right now we got to do some scholarly investigation on all Israel. We know Israel is the name of Jacob. And we know he had 12 sons, and we need to find out, if we got his son's name, we got the son's 12 names, and we need to find out more about them. What were they called in time while the book was used properly of the 96 AD? What was they called when, when you addressed the sons of Jacob, and his name, his name was changed to Israel. He had a father called Isaac. But how was these people addressed when other nations came in contact with them? What was they called with the Bible open? And we're going to see what we identify. What were they called with, when the Bible in use? What were they called? What are you getting ready to read there, young man? We're in the book of Exodus, chapter 9, verse 4 and verse 7. The book of Exodus, chapter 9, verse 4 reads, And Yahweh shall serve it between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all, that is, the children of Israel. Verse 7, and Pharaoh said, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the mind of Pharaoh was hard. That's all I need. So we, now we find out that the children of Israel and the father of Israel is Isaac, but his, his children... The twelve, the twelve sons of Israel was called what in verse seven? Exodus chapter nine, verse seven. And Pharaoh said, "And behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites." So we got our first tidbit. What was Jacob's sons called when? They, when they were addressed by other nations, they was called, according to verse 7, 
They was called what? That young lion? Verse 7? What was they called? Exodus chapter 9, verse 7. And Pharaoh said, And behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites. They was called the Israelites. So there go your true Israelites right there. They was called the Israelites. Let's see if we can get, get some more witnesses on that young line. So we found out that they was called the Israelites. They was not called Hebrews, Jews, or Christians. Yeah, they well. were called Israelites from their fathers. Israel and Israel's father was Isaac. So we go on to the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verse 7, 12, and 17. 7, 12, and, 7, 12, and 17. Let's look at Joshua 3, verse 7, 12, and 17. Let's see what you say there, young lion. The book of Joshua, the word false here. Joshua, chapter 3, verse 7, verse 12, and verse 17. Joshua, the word false here, chapter 3, verse 7, read. And Yahweh said unto Joshua, who the word false here, this day will I begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I, was with Moses, so I would be with you. Verse 12. Now therefore take you twelve men, 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 out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. Verse 17. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of Yahweh stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Uh-huh. So the 12 sons, according to the Bible, they was not called Jews and they was not called Hebrews. According to verse 6, what were they called again there? A young line? What was the, the all of the whole 12 tribes of Israel, according to 13, verse 6, what were they called by other people? Verse 6 again. Book of Joshua. Book of Joshua, chapter 3. Joshua, chapter 3. Verse no. Hold on, hold on, young line. Hold on, hold on, young line. Let's make sure we stay. We're gonna walk this down on take two. We just want to walk it down and stay in the spirit there, young line. We're gonna look at exactly what it says in thirteen verse number six. What do it say in thirteen verse six of Joshua? Thirteen verse six. And verse 13. Take your time there, young lion. I'm not trying to get about the scriptures down without having identification of what we're doing. We're doing scholarly investigation on the true Israelites. What were they called when we were reading the Bible? 
So look at 13, verse 6 again. 13, verse 6, you're going to see what they was called. And when you get that out to that name, that's the end of the conversation. Come on. The book, of jo- the book of Joshua, chapter 13, verse 6 and 7. Joshua, chapter 13, verse 6. And all the inhabitants of the hill country, from Lebanon to Mezrephah, Ripia, and all the Sidonians, did what I drive out from before the children of Israel, only to value it by lot until the Israelites for an inheritance, as I have commanded you. Uh-huh. Look. Over there. So now we find out, again, that the children of Israel was called what again? They were called the Israelites. They were called the Israelites, the children of Israel. And Israel, a father called Isaac. And when you read your Bible, when you see the word, when you see the word, Israel, which is the father of the Israelites. Verse 13. Verse 13. Nevertheless, the children of Israel expand not the Gesserites, nor the Matatites, but Gesserites and the Matatites dwell among the Israelites until this day. So again, we thought again, plainly, we're doing scholarly investigation. So when you talk about Israel, you don't point toward the land. You point toward Israel had a father named Isaac. Then Israel had 12 sons, the birth certificate chapter 1, and they was called the Israelites. That's what it was called, the true Israelites. So that's what it was called, the 12, tri- 12 tribes, and they was called the 12 tribes of Israel, the Israelites. Mm-hmm. So when we go to 1 Samuel, you know what? Now we're going to 1 Samuel. And we'll look at Chapter 13, verse 1, 2, 4, and 20. We won't see anything change on what they were called when you read your Bible. So when you read your Bible, when you're doing scholarly investigation, when you see the word Israel, that's talking about the father, and the Israelite is the son of Israel. And Israel's father's name is Isaac. Israel, the Israelites. That's what we're talking about. So now we go on to 1 Samuel 13, 1, 2, verse 4, and verse 20. What does it say? The book of 1 Samuel, the seer, chapter 13, verse 1, 2, skip down verse 4 and verse 20. 1 Samuel, chapter 13, verse 1 reads, so reigned one year, and when he had reigned two years over Israel. Verse 2, Saul chose him 3,000 men, men of Israel. Well, of 2,000, 
Wherever Saul and Mishmach and Mount Bethel and a thousand world with Jonathan and Gibeah of Benjamin and the rest of the people, he sent every man to his tent. Verse 4. And all Israel heard say that Saul had smitten a garrison of the Philistines and that Israel also was had an abomination with the Philistines and the people were called together after Saul to Gilgal. Verse 20. But all the Israelites went down to the Philistines to sharpen every man his share and his culture and his act and his matter. Mm-hmm. So all the Israelites did that. All the Israelites. That's, if you keep saying all the Israelites, that's really nice. All the Israelites. So Jacob's name was changed to Israel, and his father's name was Isaac. And his, and his 12 sons was called the Israelites. Mm-hmm. The Israelites. That's what he was called. Second Samuel 4 verse 1. So remember one thing. When you read your Bible with that scholarly investigation, when you see the name Israel, you don't associate them with nothing but what the Bible says they was called. They was not called the Jews. They was not called a Hebrew. They was called the Israelites. Now they was called the Israelites, the true Israelites. Second Samuel four verse one. The book of Second Samuel, the seer, chapter four, verse one. And when Saul's son heard that Abner was dead, and Hebron, his hands were feeble. And all the Israelites were troubled. Mm-hmm. And all the Israelites were troubled. Keep on hearing, all the Israelites is troubled. Well, now, we, they, they kind of keep saying, all the Israelites were troubled. We want to find out a little bit more about all the Israelites is troubled. All the Israelites is troubled. What that, what that means? All the Israelites was troubled. Let's go to Exodus chapter 39. We're going to Exodus 39 and see if we find out verse 14, 42, and 43. What does that mean by all the Israelites is trouble? Let's find out a little bit more about all the Israelites is trouble. What does that mean? How many is all? Well, you know, you might want to know. How many is this? All, all of his life is trouble. We're going to Exodus 39, verse 14, 42, and 43. What does that mean? All of his life is trouble. Come on. Take the book of the law. The book of Exodus, chapter 39, verse 14, 42 to 43. Exodus, chapter 39, verse 14. And the souls were according to the name of the children of Israel. Twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, every one with his name according to the twelve tribes. Mm. Verse 42. According to all 
that Yahweh commanded Moses. So the children of Israel made all the work. 43. And Moses did look upon all the work. And behold, they had done it as Yahweh had commanded. Even so, they done it. And Moses blessed them. Mm-hmm. So we find out all Israel means 12. 12. 12 is all Israel. 12. 12. And and Joshua chapter 3, verse 12. And Joshua 4, verse 2 there, you know what I mean? So we kind of pound in the minds of those to understand that when you mention Israel, you're talking about the father. The Israelite is the son of the father of Israel. And they are what, according to Joshua 3, verse 12? What are they? Joshua 3, verse 12. The book of Joshua, with the word here, chapter 3, verse 12. Now, therefore, take you 12 men out of the tribes of Israel. Out of every tribe of man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see, again, Israel is 12 tribes, 12 men out of. And what it says in uh, 4 verse 2. Look at Joshua, through the word for Shia. Chapter 4, verse 2. Take you 12 men out of the people. Out of every tribe, a man. Mm-hmm. And verse 7 and 8 says what? Verse 7 and 8. What does it say? 4, verse 7 and 8. The book of Joshua, chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8. Joshua, chapter 4, verse 7. Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of Yahweh. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. These stones should be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Verse 8. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua, who the world here commanded, and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan, as Yahweh spake unto Joshua. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Mm-hmm. So, the 12 stones represent the once upon a time of the 12 tribes of Israel. Read verse 9. Yaqua. Verse 9. The book of Joshua. Chapter 4, verse 9. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests, the elders, which bear the ark of the covenant, stood. And they are there until this day. Mm-hmm. So now, so now we kind of we getting a pretty good homework lesson that the children of Israel... They are 12. And, and they call Israelites. They call Israelites. Now, if you put anything to them by calling them something else, that's where the error comes in at. 
Because in 49, verse 28, you'll never count on them. Genesis 49, 28. Go out to the first book of the law, the book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 28. Genesis chapter 49, verse 28. And these are the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is it, that their father spake unto them and blessed them, everyone according to his blessing. He blessed them. He blessed them, the 12 tribes. So now, and it was a prophecy. So now once we understand that it was a prophecy about the 12 tribes of Israel, the Israelites. 12 tribes of Israel, the Israelites. It was something prophesied about them, young man. And Genesis chapter 17, and that's why it's so important to help contribute to the school, land, banquet hall. What we're going to teach is what we're teaching now is laying your foundation. When you see the word Israel, it's talking about Isaac's boy. Right. And when you see the word Israel, it's talking about tribes, the Israelites. That's what he had. That was just called the Israelites. So when people see them, they knew they was the Israelites, one of the sons of Israel, and his father's name was Isaac. But some were told to Isaac's father about a people. Some were told to Isaac's father about a people. Let's see what was, what was said that we can read in Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 and 16. What was it said about, what was it said Isaac Bible about something that we know. Genesis 17, verse 7 and 16. What was said there, young lion? Come out. First book of the law, the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 7 and verse 16. Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. And you'll see after you and their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a Yahweh unto you and to your seed after you. Verse 16. And I will bless her. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, young man. Hold on. I need to get a bit more out of that verse there, young man. Can we just, like, again, we got we got to be reading this understanding that we will be on something. We need more out of that verse there, young man. We need more out of it. And I'll take your time and look at that verse again, because I need more out of that verse. Back up to verse 6. I need I need verse 6 to be in there, too. I need more out of that verse 7. I back up to verse number 6. What does it say in verse 6? The book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 6. And I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make a nation out of you. And kings shall come out of you. Mm. 
came to come out of you. Now read verse 7. Verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generation for an everlasting covenant to bear Yahweh to you and to your seed after you. I'm going to be a Yahweh to you, Abram, and your, what do you say in verse 17? We'll make it verse 16. Verse 17. Make it verse 16. Verse 16. He said verse 16. The book of Genesis, chapter 17, verse 16. And I will bless her and give you a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she should be a mother of nations. Kings of people should be of her. And kings of people. You know, we go to school, college all our life, and we never go that the fact that Israel is a father to the Israelites and Israel got a father called Isaac. And Isaac got a father called Abram, Abraham. And it was prophesied that out of that descendant, kings will come out of there. Kings. Not beggars. Kings will come out of there. These people once upon a time was kings. So we're going to go to CRA 4, verse 15, down to verse 20. And let's read what is any record. But I don't remember, I don't call, recall myself in nobody's school. And they showed me the record of the true Israelites that their father's name was Isaac. His father's name was Israel, and his father's name was Isaac, his father's name was Abraham. I'm never told that out of that bloodline, kings going to come out of them. Kings, not beggars, kings. And EZRA going to talk about it, Ezra, chapter 4, 15, down to verse 20. Let's see if there was any record of this. And them moving around, knowing their position as king. We're going to EZR in chapter 4, verse 15 out of verse 20. What does it say? The book of Exodus, chapter 4, verse 15 down to 20. Exodus, chapter 4, verse 15. Read. That search may be made in the book of the record of your father. So shall you find in the book of the record. And note that this city is a rebellious city and hurtful unto kings and poverty, and that they have moved sedition within the same of old time of which cause was this city destroyed. Verse 16. We certify the king that if this city be built again and the walls thereof set up, by this means, you should have no portion on this side of the river. Verse 17. This is the king, and answer unto Rehar, the Sessler, the Sessler, and the Shishar, the squire, and to the rest of their companions that dwell in Samaria, 
and unto the wreck beyond the river. Peace at such a time. Verse 18. The letters which you sent unto us have been plainly read before me. Verse 19. And I commanded, and search have been made. And it is found that this city of old time had made insurrection against kings, and that rebellion and sedition had been made therein. Verse 20. There have been mighty kings also over Yadda Judah, which have ruled over all countries beyond the river, and toll, tribute, and customs was paid unto them. Hmm. So it's a record that is a record that, that we have to get our high school diploma and college degree. And we never know, we never was told that the children of Israel, the Israelites, once upon a time ago, was kings, and not only just kings, mighty kings. Everybody came to them and dropped a 10% to them by being the center capital of the world. So that information is not taught, but we going to teach the information of the Bible to identify the true Israelites once some time ago. They was kings, and the world came and paid them. So when Paul was leased out to the nations, of the scattered Israelites, he reminded them of something of their past. Let's see what he says that we can read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 down to verse 4 and verse 11. So let's read what was said about them. And so Paul is addressing what we call the Corinthians. And he's going to tell them something by being called Corinthians. He's going to tell them something very important. And we're going to see exactly what happened. And he was calling them Corinthians. And we're going to find out more about this word. Let's talk about it, young lion. First Corinthians chapter 10, 1 down to verse 4 and verse 11. The book of First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 4 and verse 11. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 reads, Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant how that all, all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Verse 2, and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. Verse 3, and did all eat the same spiritual meat. Verse 4, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Yahweh the Son. Verse 11. Now all these things happen to them for an example, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Mm-hmm. So 
So all this is for your admonition to know he talked to the Corinthians. He's telling them about our fathers, Corinthians. That's what he's saying, our fathers, the Corinthians. That's what he's saying. He said all our fathers up under the cloud. All the our fathers, the Corinthians, he's saying that too. Let's back up to the Exodus chapter 13 and see where is he quoting that from, young line. We're going to Exodus 13, and he said, all our fathers, hey, Corinthians, all our fathers was, was up on the cloud. Corinthians, that's what he called them. Corinthians, you we read, we read um to we read a verse in that Moses say in thirty seven verse twenty eight. What did Moses say again there, young line in thirty seven twenty eight? Book of Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight, verse thirty seven. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 37 reads, And you should become an astonishment, a proverb, and a byword among all nations, whether Yahweh should lead you. Mm-hmm. Second Chronicles 7, verse 20. Second Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 20. Then will I pluck them up by the roots out of my land, which I have given them. And this nation, which I have sanctified for my name, will I cast out of my sight and will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Mm-hmm. And Deuteronomy 32, 26, what, what, is, what, what is the name of these people that he's going to cast out they're going to be a, a astonished, the world will be astonished about them, and they're going to be a proverb and byword among all nations. What name is going to go that was prophesied in 32, 26 there? Now, line, Deuteronomy 36, 32, 32 verse 26 says what? The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 26. Read, I said, I will scatter them into corners. I will make the remembrance of them to cease among men. He said, I will make the remembrance of them to cease among men. He said, their name that I've given them will cease among men. And what name did he give them? I want to go back over and read again there, young line. What name was given to these people that the name going to cease from among men? Let's go back to Deuteronomy 31, verse 1, 11, 22, 28, and 30. What name is going to, what name, when you say the name of you is these people, they're going to laugh you to scorn. He said, I'm going to make that name get away from you. They're going to deceive from among men. Deuteronomy 31, verse 1, 11, 22, 28, and 30. What does it say? 
Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1, 11, 22, 28, and 30. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 1. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. Verse 11. When all Israel is come to appear before Yahweh, your Yahweh, in the place which he should choose, you should read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Verse 22. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day and taught it the children of Israel. Verse 28. Gather unto me all the elders of your tribe and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears and call heaven and earth to record against them. Verse 30. And Moses spake in the ear of all the congregation of Israel the words of this song, and today were ended. Mm-hmm. So this word was told to all Israel. Mm-hmm. Verse chapter 9, verse 9. Read. For lo, I will command, and thou will swift the family of Israel among all nations, like as corn is sift in the sea, yet shall not the least grain fall upon the earth. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm going to sift them. I'm going to sift the children of Israel among all nations. So the children of Israel, the Israelites, will be the true Israel, the Israelites will be sipped into all nations. But there will be a proverb and a byword among all nations. Wherever you see them, there will be a a proverb and a byword. What did Jeremiah say in 17 verse 4? What does Jeremiah say behind that? 17, 4. Go on to the book. We go on to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 4. Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 4. Read. And you, even yourself, to discontinue from your heritage that I gave you, and I will cause you to serve your enemies in the land which you know not. When you have kindled a fire in my anger, which shall burn forever. Mm-hmm. So now, so he's telling you, all you Israel, the Israelites, you're going to discontinue from your heritage, and you're going to be serving your enemies. You'll be serving your enemies. Why? You see, that, that's the prophecy of you, you Israel, the Israelites, You'll be you'll be among all nations, and and all the nations you gonna serve your enemy. Well, that prophesied that 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 would happen. What was that prophesied in the twenty eighth chapter, verse forty seven down to verse fifty? That was prophesied 
of the children of Israel, if you look for the children of Israel today, the true Israelites, they will be serving their enemies. That means you'll see no money with their face on it, and they will be mm-hmm. the first one high and the last, and the first one, I mean, the last one high and the first one five. And they will be among all nations. That that is the descendants of Israel, the Israelites, if you won't know who they are today. They'll be discontinued from their heritage. They have no idea they are descendants of kings. They have no idea that they even from the land of Israel. And they have, they have no idea that they are the biblical true Israelites. They are they Jews, Hebrews, Christians, and black Americans after. They are, that's what they're going to go on. They're not going to go on nothing in the Bible. And that's how you find the true Israelites today. What do you ready to read, young lion? Go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verses 47 to 50. Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 47, read. Because you serve not Yahweh, your Yahweh, with joyfulness and with gladness of mind for the abundance of all things. Verse 48. Therefore, so you serve your enemies, which Yahweh has sin against you, and hunger. And it thirsts, and it nakedness, and it walked of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon your neck until he have destroyed you. Verse 49. And Yahweh shall bring a nation against you from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as an eagle flying, a nation whose tongue you should not understand. Verse 50. A nation of fierce continents, which should not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. Mm-hmm. That's the prophecy of the children of Israel, the Israelites. You'll be serving your enemies. So if you want to find out who is the true Israelite today, they'll be serving their enemies. That means, but it was prophesied and Sacramento and how you identify them? Sacramento chapter four. Let's find out something. Let's find out a little bit more about them. You know what? It was prophesied that what was going to happen was going to mess you up. My fact, read first Maccabees chapter one. 11 through 13 first, then we're going to stack them out of these four, and we'll see what we get from that. It was prophesied that you're going to serve your enemies, and how and how we know you're going to be serving your enemies? We're going to find out, and who's going to be pushing the envelope for you serving your, your enemies? First, not these chapter 1, 11 through 13 says what? Go to the book of 1 Maccabees, 
chapter 1, 11 through 13. First Maccabees, chapter 1, verse 1. First Maccabees, chapter 1, verse 11 to 13. First Maccabees, chapter 1, verse 11. In those days, without a Israel, Yadda, Judah, Benjamin, Levite, and Simeon, wicked man, who persuaded me, he said, let us go and make a covenant with the nation of Esau and his five sons that are round about us since we depart. Stop there. Stop there. Stop there, y'all. Wicked men. What are wicked men? Look at that Esau. Bring that Esau. Take your time and just bring it out for the master of the state. You have wicked men of Israel now. And they persuaded them then, and the wicked men are persuading you now. So let's read that again. We see that E, bring that E out. Wicked men of that came. So you're always going to have some wicked men. And they persuading these people of Israel to follow after the nation. Take your time, reach again, verse 11 again, come on. 1 Maccabees, chapter 1, verse 11. In those days, with their out of Israel, wicked men, men of the southern kingdom, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, who persuaded me, he said, let us go and make a covenant with the heathen, the nation of Esau and his five sons that are round about us. But since we departed from this, we have much sorrow. Verse 12. So this advice pleased them well. Verse 13. Then certain of the people were so forward therein, herein, that they went to the king who gave them license to do after the ordinance of the heathen nation of Esau and his five sons, Amalek. Mm-hmm. So you always have wicked men of Israelite descent. You always have wicked men of Israel. And they're always going to persuade you to do contrary of this Bible. Now, the prophecy of it in Judges chapter 2, verse 1, 2, and 3. What is the prophecy of you joining with other nations? What is the prophecy of it? It was it was sent down from the Father and the Son to the angel to talk to Israel, the Israelites, about joining in with other nations. Let's see what he says in two verse three of the book of Judges. What does it say? The book of Judges, chapter two, verse one, two, and three. Judges chapter 2, verse 1. And the angel of Yahweh came up from Gilgal to Boshir and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt, and I brought you to land which I swear to your father. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Verse 2. And you should make no need with the inhabitants of this land. You should throw down their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? 
Verse 3. Wherefore I said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they should be as thorns in your side. And therefore shall cross to be a snare unto you. Mm-hmm. Are you following the other nations? Well, I told you in Numbers 15, 15, 16, that was, that was full of them. See, I told you something, children of Israel, the Israelites. I, I told you something by the, the mouth of Moses in Numbers 15, 15, and 16. What did he say? To Moses, you tell Aaron, and Aaron tell children of Israel, the Israelites. What did he, he say in Numbers 15, 15, and 16? The book of Numbers, chapter 15, verse 15 and 16. Numbers chapter 15, verse 15. What honor should be both for you of the congregation of Israel and also for the strangers that should journey with you and all them forever in your generation. As you are, so should the stranger be before Yahweh. Verse 16. One law and one matter should be for you and for the stranger that should journey with you. Mm-hmm. So he told the children of the book, Israel, the Israelites, you can't be like the nations they got to be like you. He said, you can't be like them. But they went out wicked men of Israel and persuaded the children of Israel, the Israelites, to let's join in with the nation. So this information was hid from you and Second Maccabees there, young man. See, these books were taken out by the Protestant church because they didn't want you to know these things. That uh, what we get ready to read, we're going to read a little bit in 4 verse 7 of Second Maccabees. This is in the red book. Now, this is BSJ Israel, see, right? And the red book, you take that red book and look at 4, and we'll read down 7. We're going to keep reading down to get our point. Let's find out exactly what we're taking away from you. In Second Maccabees four verse seven. Now he's talking. He's talking to Israel, the Israelite, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon. Now wicked Israelite had um got on the scene. That's why you got to be careful who you're following, because if they don't give you scriptures why they why you following them, you have to examine why not. Because our records in the book. Let's just say in second uh, book of second Maccabees chapter four verse seven, and we'll read down to verse number seventeen. Take your time, young line, and, and, and just we're gonna edify the national audience how you spot a wicked Israelite. What what would they have you to do? Therefore, it's just contrary to the Bible. This is how you spot a wicked Israelite. Nope. Just by watching the Bible and knowing the Bible, you can find the wicked Israelite. Four verse seven down to verse seventeen says what? Book of Second Maccabees, chapter four, 
verse 7 to 17. 2 Maccabees chapter 4, verse 7. But after the death of Selkus, where Antiochus called Epiphanes. Hold on, young man. Salute. After the death of Seleucus. Hallelujah. Second Maccabees chapter 4, verse 7. But after the death of Seleucus, where Antiochus called Epiphanes, took the kingdom, Jason, the brother of Onias, labor underhand, underhand, to be high priest. Verse 8. Stop it there. Stop it there. Stop it there. So you see this? So you see, he did, he labeled to be the head man of Israel, the Israelites, talking about Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, and he tried to do it what kind of way? Underhand. So you got to watch yeah, those who want to come underhanded. Because remember, you, had a, you already got a high priest already in place in accord to First Samuel seven fifteen, the wall of the high priest is the seer, and all the way can be replaced. What got to happen according to the Bible? See, when you when you got people come at you underhanded, that means that's contrary to the Bible because Yahweh put you in a position, and He tell you plainly your position is how long? First Samuel seven verse fifteen. Go on to 1 Samuel, the seer, chapter 7, verse 15. 1 Samuel, chapter 7, verse 15. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. You see that? So when his brother, he's up to him to try to knock off his brother. What kind of way? Underhanded. So you got to watch the ones that come around you. They, you remember that record called Smiling Faces Tell Lies? They don't tell the mm-hmm. truth. So you remember? Uh, smiling Faces on there. Uh, turn, turn upside down is a ground. The ground. You say something right here. You got to watch everybody from the page of the book. When you see somebody contrary to the Bible, then you know they're they coming to you underhanded. See, when you're about this Bible, Israel, the Israelites, those that stand before you will make sure the Bible leads the way, not what their personal feelings is about. So his brother was going to deliver his brother up. What kind of way? Underhanded. And what else he got to have in his mind in verse 8? Let's read a little bit more. What else he had in his mind in verse 8? Young man. Second Maccabees chapter 4, verse 8. Promising unto the king by intercession 303 score talents of silver and of another revenue 80 talents. Verse 9. Right. Verse 9. Besides this, he promised to assign a hundred and fifty more. If he might have license to set him up a place for exercise and for the training up of you. Mm-hmm. So, so now you see that the brother, Onias, 
he promised the king of the nation of Esau that we're going to put up the gymnasium together in honor <laughs> of you and remember the gymnasium that that Esau's five sons had in the arenas was men's raptors naked. So he said, I'm going to deliver you up the way you like it. So this way you get the gymnasium today. And you know those go to them spas, they have to dress with kinky clothes on, right? Where do you think that's coming from? The quickest <laughs> fashion. So you see them all, they, they, they'll, they'll come in with leather uh, bath coats on and everything. They go to the locker room and then come out in a skinny little outfit. Where do you think they're coming from? You tell you now, it's where it comes from right here. This is where it comes from. You got these health club centers now, and everybody in there is uh, basically butt naked. See that? Mm-hmm. That's the one that's been there for a minute or two. They be butt naked. Here's where it comes from right now. Because this was set up by Esau and his five sons, the gymnasium, and then this underhanded brother said, I'm going to have the Israelites do the business of the Levites. I'm going to open up a, a fire for you gymnasium, and I'm going to have them to be inside of the gymnasium. And he knew if you were part of us, he saw the fire, so that means everybody would be naked. That's right. They'd be naked up in there. Let's find out what happened next. Now, read verse 9. What happened next? Okay, I'm in the middle, middle of verse 9. Okay. If he might have license to set him up a place for exercise and for the training up of youth and the fashion of the heathen, the nation of Esau, Amalek, and to write them of Yadah Judah, southern kingdom, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, by the name of Antiochus. Verse 10, which did, which when the king had granted and had gotten into his hand the rule. He forthwith brought his own nation to the Greekish fashion. And that's the topic. Did it? Did it? So now, so now, the high priest, brother, showed the king that I, that you know, I'm gonna give you a couple dollars and everything. I'm gonna bring everybody to what kind of fashion? Greekish fashion. Now we're gonna find out what is Greek Greekish fashion. We're going to find out is it, you know, Greek is fashion. That's what we're going to bring them to. That means Esau and his five sons fashion. So they will get ready to do things according to Esau and his five sons. That's what means by Greek. Greek is fashion in this case. So now let's see what, let's see what is the Greek is fashion. Let's find out from the fashion of the Greek is fashion. She reads them up. Second Maccabee chapter 4, verse 11. And the royal privilege granted a special favor to Yadah Judah, southern kingdom, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, by the means of John, the father of Apollonius, Apollonius, who went ambassador to Rome for enmity and aid. He took away and put it down the government which were according to the law. He brought up a new custom 
against the law. Verse 12. For he be, what do you do? Verse 12. For he built gladly a place of exercise under the tower itself and brought the chief young man, Judah, man. Benjamin, Levites, and Neah. Now men, now men, to be men. Men. Mm-hmm. Young men, men, men. Under his subjection, and made them wear a hat. Made them wear what? A hat. Made wear a hat. Now, 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 let me, let me look, look at the passage of the Chapter 4, verse 12. For he built gladly a place of exercise under the tower itself and brought the chief 
Young man, man, under his subjection and made them wear a hat. Mm-hmm. 13. Verse 13. Now such was the height of Greek fashion. He saw his five sons, Amalek, an increase of the heathenish nation of Esau and his five sons. Matters do the exceedingly profaneness of Jason, that the unyaquali wretch and no high priest. Verse 14. Uh-huh. Verse, verse 14. That the priest had no courage to serve any more at the altar, but espoused in the temple and neglecting the sacrifice hasted it to be partaken of the unlawful allowance in the place of exercise after the game of disgust called them forth. Now, when you do the research of this, of this game, this is, you know, they be throwing that heavy ball around. They, be, they, be, they turn around in a circle, and they swing the, and they swing the, the law of this plate. Here where that come from. You know, they measure all That's right. You know. They turn all around the circle and throw the ball. That's where they come from. They do it right now. Watch the next verse. Verse 15. Not said by the honors of their father, but the liking of the honor of Esau and his five sons, Abelak, best of all. That, that means what the father's had. No, hold on. See, what your father said, Israel, the Israelites, the fashion that your father put on you, you ought to put this inside now. And the priests, they had no honor to do what your father had once done. They lined the way, and they didn't even want to go in the work no more. A lot of them just said, forget this thing, you know. And a lot of them just came into it like we have did today. What we do today... It's what everybody else do, and we know nothing about ourselves. Hey, Israel, the Israelites, you know, the true Israelites, you know nothing about yourself. What did your fathers do? And you got the greed in your briefcase on the wall. You know nothing that your fathers did before time. Nothing. And you got the greed on the wall. But what's your father did? Did you know that when you that hat is a initiation to their world? When you take that hat and put it on your head, that that you know you are initiating yourself to their policy. So they, they, be, they skin and grin with you. They always hand that hat to you. Put that hat on. And you think you you start skinning and grinning. But you just humbled yourself before Yahweh. See that? Because Yahweh knows that's a sign of being initiated to what they got on, not what your father got. Because here's the point. Yeah, your father in the front never wore a hat. That was Greekish. Esau was five songs fashioned as then and it is now. That's they're fast. You see? What happened next? Let's get another verse and what happened next? Verse 16. By reason whereof 
So a calamity came upon them, for they had them to be their enemies and avengers, who custom they followed so earnestly, and unto whom they desired to be like in all things. Ain't that something? You see what he's saying? He said, you follow their custom so honestly, you, 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 you enjoyed what they put down the table better than they did. And that's what you do today. That's right. Don't you do, don't you do the 4th of July better than that they do it? You shoot out firecrackers all through the night and be wearing no fear all night long with them cherry bombs and stuff like that. You go out your way on the 4th of July. You go out your way on Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving. You you do you do they say, listen, you buy more more than they buy for New Year's. You do everything contrary to his Bible. And y'all watch just watching. I mean you everything that was told for you to do in the Bible, don't uh make no leave the houses of the land, don't follow them. And you do everything, and you do it, I mean, you do it with a speed. You put that hat on your head, and you be skinning and grinning with it, and not knowing that you've been initiated into something that's contrary to Yahweh, he'll say, that's He's reading it right now. And you love to have it so. You enjoy what they'll set up, and you enjoy nothing that Yahweh set up because you don't even know what Yahweh set up. Israel, that Israelite, the true Israelite, you don't know what your father set up because you is a father by word and a father. You will discontinue from your heritage because of you walked away from the covenant. And Yahweh has walked away from you. And that's why he sent the last messenger, voices of the true Israelite, the true Israelite. That's why we do a brand new series called we're doing biblically detective scholarly work on the true Israelites of the Bible. According to what we've read so far, the true Israelites of the Bible is in captivity. And they are finding every name that identified them to somebody else. They call Hebrews. They call Jews. They call Jewish people. They call Christians. Now, do you know, by you being called Christian, do you know the origin of that word called Christian? Do, have, you, have you ever sit there and said, listen, being a detective, a best, uh, uh, investigator, have you, you know when you investigate somebody, you bring a picture, go investigate them? Okay, good. I, I'm, I'm going to find out about them. On the computer, we'll put everything about them. I'll tell you about them shortly. Have you ever investigated the word called Christian? Just put that word down and investigate that word. Where that word come from? I know you go to the 11th chapter and you read the word training. Let's read 11, 26. But have you ever just sit down and say, you know what I'm going to do? It's the Bible says I'm going to serve my enemies. I wonder what that means. Can you ever just, just read at the 1126? Then just do put on your detective investigation biblically hat 
your matrion and seeking to find out where did that word come from? What does that word really mean? We'll find out. Send in your line with we'll see what find what that word really means. Let's go to Acts. Let's read exactly the way it is in eleven twenty six. Let's see what it says in eleven twenty six, word for word in eleven twenty six. Let's let's see if you find what that word says in eleven twenty six of Acts. What does it say in your line? Acts eleven twenty six. The book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So there you go right there. So now we'll read this. They were called Christians first in Antioch. Christians first, the disciples, we come out the 12 apostles. They were called, the followers of Yahweh, they were called Christians first at Antioch. Now, now but we're going to put on our detected, remember this is take two of the biblical, godly journey of who is the true Israelite. And now we put a biblically dive into it, we're going to do some detective work on that word called Christian. I know what we're going to do. We're going to go first to 19 verse 20 of St. John. We're going to, we're going to do some investigating work on it. Let's see what we did. We go to 19 verse 20 of St. John. What is that in your line? Go to the book of John chapter 19 verse 20. John chapter 19 Verse 20. Read. This title then read many of y'all died Judah for the place where y'all father's son was crucified was near to the city and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Mm-hmm. So John chapter 19 the language of the Bible at that time was three languages. It was Hebrew, which is mean Semitic, Greek, yeah, and Latin. Wow. That was the three languages that was on the scene at the time of apostles and Yahweh the Son. Three languages Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. Now let's go to, um, I need to get a precept on that, young line. I need a precept on that. To make sure we get a second witness, I need a precept on that. Now, line What would I go and get a precept on that at? I want to get a second witness that that was the three languages. So remember, the 23rd chapter of the book of Luke, I want to get a precept on it. Now, line, but remember my name. Y'all have to do more than just read. Y'all got to make sure y'all study it in the fear, ask your questions. You jump it on it because you must be big man's business. And uh, Luke three thirty eight, I need a second witness, and out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, all words to be established in Yahweh's word. Let's see what he's saying in Luke twenty three thirty eight. What did he say in Luke twenty three thirty eight? Look at Luke chapter twenty three, verse thirty eight. And a superscription also was written over him in Latin. 
of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, Semitic. This uh, is the king. Uh, 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 three languages written. That's the precept. Three languages. Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Okay, now, we're going back to 1126. And we're going to look at this word again in Acts chapter 1126. It was the three languages that was written. Then, when we read the book of Acts, when we, read, when we look at this word, 1126, we say it reads this. And when he had found him and brought him to Antioch, it came to pass that a whole year assembled himself with the church and taught much people, and the fact was called Christians first in Antioch. Okay, they were called Christians first in Antioch. But what here's the point. At the time of this, the word Christian was not there because that, that is an English word. Christian is an English word. So that word had to be from the Latin, and Latin come from the Greek. So now if we put on our godly detected hat and see, we know that English was not even thought about to 449 A.D. We know English became an official language in 96 A.D. So we know by doing godly detected work that the words the Latin and the Greek. So now I'm going to go back to the Latin and the Greek and see exactly detectively, biblically, godly what was this word before it became an English word, Chris. So, young line, what book did you get me to read that tells this national audience of what this word Christian came from? Did you get ready to read to break down this further here? What book you get ready to read? Enlighten the national audience. I'm putting by you, and I want to read back and see exactly how learned the six anointed counts is when they breaking down this word called Christian, because we know the word Christian is an English word, but it came from a Latin word, and Latin came from the Greek. So, young man, enlighten the national audience about that word called Christian, and exactly where they can go. Get the proper information to follow along with you. Take your time, young line, and put it for you. Come on. A reader for the uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Christian, a stupid, vulgar, or sensitive person. Vulgar. Oxford language, course, implies roughness, rudeness, crudeness of spirit, behavior, language. Okay. All right. Got some origins. 
hold on a minute, your line. The word Christian came from a Latin and a Greek word. Now, when you probably send it up, you go give me the Latin and the Greek word before you give me the definition. So go give me what, where did the word Christian come from? What, what was there because we know it was written in three languages, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, Latin and Greek. So the word was not there, Christian. It was what word there? No mind. So I'm, I'm pulling for you. And that's and that when we take our time and we work with the six anointed counts because one thing, sooner or later, it's going to be a very big school. And the teacher's got to teach, but you got to teach with the knowledge how to be a, a detective and biblical investigate things. The thing is you helping your people proudly for Yahweh to, to give you the blessing. So this word Christian came from what word and spell the word that it came from and where you getting it from. Take your time there, young line, because remember, in a court of law, when they bring somebody in for a charge, the judge asks them plainly, what is your evidence? What you bringing this man up in here for? Where is the evidence? Do you got... Well, I believe he did. Well, no, it don't work like that. I need the evidence to convict this person. You got to have the evidence. Right now, they got a crime. They got a federal law for you using anybody's identity, and you, and you found guilty on it. That's a that's a crime, big time crime now for using people's identity. See, that's a federal law now. But you got to have a proof to convict the person. The same thing we're talking now, young man. Since we know that's the English word Christian, what word was there, either in Latin, Greek, or Hebrew, what was there, and what is the meaning of that word? So it became Christian. Huh? Because remember one thing, we got to edify the children of Israel, the Israelites. So what word was there in 1126? It wasn't the English word. It was the Latin word that came from the Greek word. And what word was that? I'm looking right at it, but I'm going to see what you do, young lion, because there ain't going to be in every spot at the same time. I need to know who is prepared to take care of Yahweh's business. What is it, young lion? Okay. Chris, critic. In Latin, C R E T I N. In Latin, what, what, that word, it was in Latin itself. What kind of way? C R E T I N. Okay. Come again, real slow for the national audience. But that Latin word came from a Greek word. You know what I'm saying? So read the Latin word that it came from. It come from. Uh, Latin words spell it real slow. I mean, you trying, you ain't not edifying no seer. Because a seer can do this and drink tea and talk on the phone at the same time. But I want you. But we trying to edify and see who ready. Like that record said, if you're ready, come on, go with me. I want to see who prepared to step up to the plate. The word Christian came from a Latin word. What Latin word it is, say, young line? Spell it. 
I got C R E S T I N. Okay. That's where it came from the Latin. And, and where did the Latin get it from? Greek. They got, got it from the Greek. And how, did, and how did they spell it in Greek? C R E T A N. There again, real slow for those that's listening, so they can check you out. Tell them again. Holy. They come from the Greek. So the Greek pulled their information from the Latin. That was the Greek pulled their information from. They pulled their information from the Latin. I mean, from the Latin, pulled it from the Greek. This is, this is the Greek. Remember when we were reading over here in the book of Second. Maccabees 4, them most the people was Esau's five sons. Although Latin, the Latin, and, but the Greek had a higher title than they. So the Latin, remember, the Vulgate, soul 4 AD, the Vulgate came from the Septuagint. The 291 Septuagint came from the Hebrew. So the Greeks had the Bible translated from Hebrew to Greek. Then once they got a hold to it, they talked the Latin, and the Latin trans- translates their writing. That's why you see the Catholic Church, they read to you in Latin. But they're getting that from the Greek, not the Hebrew. They get it from the Greek. The 291 Septuagint, this, and Jerome translates the Bible in Latin in 404 AD. That happened. And then the Roman Catholic Church, they'll read to you in Latin, and then you think they really own something, but they really get it from the Greek. And the Greek hookwink and got it from the Hebrew, which is the Israel, the Israelite. That's the history that he is from. So when you read 1126, it's coming from when the Greeks put the word, spell the word there, what, what, what word was it again in your line? Spell it again. In Greek. T-R-E. In Greek. C-R-E-T-A-N. That's what the Greeks had there. there. And when Jerome got his hand on it in 404 A.D., he wrote that same word and spelled it what kind of way? How did he spell it? C-R-E-T-I-N. Now you're edifying those that's listening. Now, now, what did that, what did them words mean in Latin and Greek before it got to English? What were they were saying when you read the verse in 11:26? What were they saying that word means in 11:26? That word, they had the word there, and what was the meaning of that word? Them two words in Latin and Greek, it meant, now reach a definition 
out of the dictionary what them two words mean before the English man put the word Christian there. What do the word, them two words mean, young man? All right, I'm reading from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Christian, a stupid, valgore, or sensitive person. A stupid, B-A-L-G-A-R, or a sensitive person. So when they was writing that from the Hebrew and put it in, the Greeks put that word in called C. R-E-T-A-N, what they were calling the apostles that went to Antioch, they were calling them what again? They were calling them three words, what they were calling them in their language. They were calling them what again? I'll let you say it. I'm not going to say it. I know the world going to get mad at fear, but fear have done what's called biblically scholarly detective work. They was really calling the disciples, the fathers of Yahweh the Son, they was calling them what again? Three words. What they was calling them? A stupid, valgor, or sensitive person. I get that. You see that? So then when when the, when the, the English got their hold their hand on that word, they put the word called Christian there. And now you got the word called Christian, which is coming from a Latin word. C R E. Write it down, all you that got a pen in your hand. Write it down and do your own homework. That word Christian comes from C R E T I N. And and that word C R E T I N came from the Greek. C-R-E-T-A-N. And when they wrote that in Greek and Latin to Latin, they were calling the fathers of Yahweh the Psalm three words. What, the, what were the words they calling them again? A stupid, valgor, or a sensitive person. And, and where did you get that information from? Because if they're wrong, you can go through them. Now, what are you reading this from? What is the name of the book that you reading this from? Man, Webster Dictionary. Tell you're too loud. If you're too loud this time, say it's slow. But it's after all the thing. Okay. If you go into what book to go in and read what you read. Say it again. Merriam, M-E-R-R-I-A-M. Webster Dictionary. You know? And that's how you find, that's how you do scholarly investigating work on what you know. Israel, the Israelites. So when the English man saw Philip, English Bible, most of them, that's why King James jumped over he didn't want to do nothing out the Bishop Bible. He went got 40,000 scholars that go try and go get me the book in Hebrew because he knew that the, the Latin and the Greek 
have already, you know, wired up in the word. So King James got 47 scholars and told them to go translate the Bible, the Hebrew, bypass the Latin and the Greek. Because he was reading the Latin and Greek, he knew something was wrong, but he wanted to put his scholars on it, and he got them. You have um, your uh, compact Bible dictionary when you talk about the 47 scholars there, young line. Can you uh, show what, what King James really did, how he did it? See, he bypassed the Latin and the Greek. And he went straight to the Hebrew, which really is a nice book, because he knew what was written in Latin and Greek. They had altered some words. They had changed some things around. So King James jumped over them. So now go in and read where King James sent his scholars well for the national order to edify on the other side of your line, what you got? Okay, I got my compact Bible dictionary. Okay. Try to find a page. Let's see what page it's on. Got to highlight it. The King James. We try to get a minute to find it. I do have my compact Bible dictionary in my hand. Okay, so I got it highlighted. Yeah, but see, see, what, but see what that shows on theorem that you not the past. See, right. This is this is this is a work that still got to see who is ready to do the ninety four sixteen. What it said. What it says in ninety four. 16 of Psalms. See, the seer got, he watched everybody from the page of the book. He knows, he knows when you're ready and when you're not. So you got to be prepared because this is a big job that's coming. And the seer's job is the only to show you soundly, but you got to find out who's going to take hold to this thing and be very ready. So now, so now I'm looking at all this information myself, but it's not. I cannot be in every place at the same time. Probably got to have reliable teachers to be properly to teach without the presence of your fear. Eh? That's what the elders come in there. Teachers got to be ready. Now, the reason why King James did not go get a translation from Latin to Eden, e, English or from Greek to English because of what we just got to read now. So that's why he skipped over both of them, and he sent who to do what? So y'all line, um, you know, let's go see how I that. I, I, I want to be proud of y'all, but, but I, you got to live in the knockout blow. Eh? You got to live in the knockout blow. Sure. See, so sooner or later, that's right. you know, you got to be able to okay, live in the knockout blow. Okay, I got it. Page 86. Okay, there you go. Page There you go. 86. Now, what book are you reading out of? Donovan Compact Bible Dictionary. 
That's right. Okay. Hey. 86. That's right. Now, hold on. Hold on. You're going to get excited, young man. And you're on point. Now, you see where you see where the dark writing says King James Version. Take your time and put your air in it. Put it on your cue card to be prepared. Now, we're going to read what King James did. Because what we just got through doing, looking at Acts 11.26, we found out that when the Englishman wrote the English Bible for the first time, they put the word Christian there. And that's after they had learned from the Latin and the Greek, and they explained what that word meant at that time. They put the word Christian, and it comes from a Latin and Greek word, meaning that you are, proper definition that word is, and King James knew of it. So what did King James do when it was time for him to translate the Bible? What did he do? Not that, not enlighten the national audience on page 86, what he did. What did he do with that? Come on. What did he do, young lion? Come on. John Brown Compact Bible Dictionary, page 86. King James Version in bold. When Elizabeth died, in 1603, the crown passed to James I, who had been king of Scotland for 37 years as James V. Several months after he ascended to the throne of England, he authorized a new translation of the Bible to replace the bishop's Bible. Forty-seven of the best Hebrew and Greek scholars of the day were divided into six groups. Three for the Old Testament and new for and two for the new, and one for the Apocrypha. Two of the groups met at Oxford, two at Cambridge, and two of Westminster. When a group had completed its task, its work was submitted to twelve men, men, two from each panel. Final differences of an opinion were settled at a general meeting of each company in cases of special difficulty. Learn men, men outside the board of revising were consulted. Marginal notes were used only to explain Hebrew and Greek words to draw attention to parallel passages. Italics were used for words not found in the original, but necessary to complete the set. Mm-hmm. So now, so now, now you see what what that means by King James verse. He authorized forty-seven of the best Hebrew scholars to go and translate the Bible from the original Hebrew Greek. They didn't want to use the Bishop Bible. The Bishop Bible came from the Latin and the Greek. So King James jumped over that and told, and, and, and while he was king, he put the best Hebrew scholars together, 47 of them. And so now you're going over to and find and, and take these Hebrew scrolls and write it from Hebrew to English. So that's why we tell you the closest Bible to the original language is the King James Bible. 
because the rest of the Bible is coming from the Latin and the Greek. See? That's why we make our error at. When we go out and get us a new living Bible, we go get the, all these new George Myers Bibles. Listen, they keep watering down the word on you until the word don't it disappear on you. So when you don't have the original King James Bible, the 1611, that Bible came directly from 47 scholars of Hebrew. They went straight and read it from the Hebrew language and translated to English. So the closest Bible that you can have is the King James, King 11, not the new version of the King James. They got a King, a new, that's the one they are hoodwinked. The King James Bible of the 1611 and the King James Bible of the 66 book with the apocryphal. Remember, you just got to read. He had how many scholars read the apocryphal out of Hebrew again? Now, read again a little bit slow because when we say the apocryphal, that's all it means, the book that was taken out. But it was in the original King James and it in there now. But he had scholars take a look at the 14 books, too. It was, and it compact all ages together. But the Protestant church in the 1800s taken out the apocryphal and gave you 66 books. See, you have to have this history when you jump down before you want to run the sea ahead into the tree all the time. We're trying to enlighten those that got an ear to hear. King James knew there was something wrong with that bishop Bible because that Bible comes from Latin and Latin comes from Greek. I ain't going to do that. I want to go and put the best dignitaries and, and sit down, and it took them, how long it take them to put that together? It took out on something. They tell you. He had 47 scholars. And he, he divided them up. It took them how long to get this thing together? And then 12 minutes he had to go over that work to make sure before he gave it to you in English. So the closest Bible that your pastor is supposed to have and you're supposed to have is the King James Bible. Because that Bible is not coming from Latin. It's not coming from Greek. Now, the Roman Catholic Church, they use the Latin book with you, right? And you really think they, they own something. Oh, I want to learn Latin. Well, Latin comes from Greek. Latin comes from Greek. And the same Latin came over here and Shem second part of the land and taking the the people that speak in Hebrew, the land and taking you back and gave you a language called a Spanish language. That's a language from Portugal and Spain. That language comes from Latin. That's how you got the word called I speak the Spanish language. So what? Spanish language is like speaking English. Both of them is a vast language. That was set up by other nations. Mm-hmm. So you got to know your history when you jump down and you start to help your people. You know, Yahweh 
do the help. You got to know. You got to do the scholarly, biblically, and tactic work. Reason King James did not go to the Latin and Greek because the Latin and Greek had a word there and a whole lot of words there that were from the imagination or the sense of Esau's head. He said, no, I ain't doing that. I'm going to send the best scholars to translate the Bible from, to, from Hebrew to English. I'm going to dump past the Latin and the Greek. Now, read that again real slow, young man. Read that real slow on page 86 out of what book you read now again? Zutterbug Compact Bible Dictionary. Page 86. Page 86. Now, read what it says, Pastor Lord. Let's see if we enlighten. Take your time, young man. We want to take your time and edify the national audience. See, we only come here to do one thing, edify you. You want our blessing. I will bless you. I'm not, I don't care about the world. I care about getting you on your feet. If I get you on your feet, y'all probably don't give me a, um, Matthew 25, 21. What's that saying away? What does Matthew 25, 21 say? It's all still looking out. All the still looking for him, uh, Matthew 25, 21. You know, uh, hey, still, what you want out of this deal? Uh, Matthew 25, 21. What does it say, young man? The book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 21 reads, Here's Yahweh, say it to him. Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter you into the joy of your Yahweh. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. See, all those stuff that, 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 that they, they accuse those fear about, I'll pay no never mind. Because I know what I'm doing, what I'm doing for. I want, I want Yahweh to tell me that. And then he told his brother to put a precept there to it in 5 verse 20. He told his brother James to put a precept to that in 5 verse 20. And what did he say? He looked his brother eyeball to eyeball said, look, brother, put this in your book. 5, verse 20, I'm going back and sit on the right hand of my father. So put this in writing in 5, verse 20. What do you say? Well, the book of James, chapter 5, verse 20. And it reads, Let him know that he which converted a sinner from the error of his way shall save his life from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. So, if we able to get you on the right track, where you will put down what you've been told and do the, do the scholarly detective agency research on what you've been taught, and you'll be surprised at how you've been manipulated from other nations. And the reason why we don't have a blessing as a nation, because we are following them honestly. We got to be better than them on what they set up. We try to be better than them. Remember, they the one invented the basketball game. And now look it up. We better than them in basketball. They invented wrapping around with no clothes on. 
Now we do it better than them. Why we always going to do better than them on wickedness? When we will be doing better than them and getting the blessing of Yahweh? See, we got to get better than them in this right here. We got to reclaim what Yahweh deeded to us from this Bible as being the king and the leader of his word. We got to seek and we tie that in until always want to be the best in everything else. You want to be uh, the best in, let me, give me something. Give me, some, give me, give me a word that we, we try to be the best in the world. Uh, you know what I'm give me, give me something. What would try to be the best in the world? Give me something. Okay. Give me something that we try be the best in the world is Like, give me, give me something for the national. Give me something. What you gonna get over there? That we try to be the best in. Huh? Give me something, y'all. Okay. Well, we try to be the best in, uh, like, what they got on the table and uh, be the best in. Hold on, hold on, y'all. Uh, okay. Ice skating, roller skating. You want to be the best ice, ice skater, skating. roller skater, and all that. Ice skating and roller skating. How about that? Ice skating, roller That's skating. That's a oh, okay. See? You want, mm. you, but you never want to be the best and getting, because you know what the man said in Isaiah 64, verse 4. Did you know he told the sin of the right to put in the Bible? Do, do, do we know what he said? What he said in 64, verse 4 of Isaiah. He told him to say something. Put this in right. Book Isaiah said, chapter 64, verse 4 reads. But since the beginning of the world, men, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither have the eyes seen. Oh, Yahweh beside you, what he has prepared for him. Then wait for him. He said, your, your ears have not even heard. Your eyes have not even seen. You know the stuff you see on that one eye page? Stuff you hear that you read? Oh, look how beautiful that is. He said, that ain't nothing compared to them that have me right. When I set this thing down and you make it to the part of Mark 115, if you become a, look what he says in Mark 115 to you. Yeah, you. Let me say to you in Mark 115. What do you say? Book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 15. Mark, chapter 1, verse 15. It says, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. Repent ye. And believe the covenant. You see the man telling you, telling you repent. The time is at hand. Believe the covenant. Believe the covenant. You know what we believe? We believe everything. But you know, this man that's in power, what happens if he pulls your lesson from you? And then, then how are you going to work your computer in? See, now you got them all on TV. I watched um, uh, Fred Price, um, Trump, 
He can't use the Bible no more. He got to use the tablet. He got to walk around with the tablet on. Don't you have thing run by some kind of battery? When this man shut that thing down, what what you going to do? What you going to do when the man shut the thing down? What you going to do when the man put a plug on the computer? You see how they they pull the plug on those field when they, they get ready? What's going to happen when they pull the plug on you? You're going to be trying to look for all of the special gadgets that they put together, and then they got trackers on it and everything. Huh? Mm-hmm. You started falling into the day trend, not knowing what Yahweh is saying. Coming, it's wait on me. See, what you want to get out of the deal is well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what you want to get out of the deal. Fighting out the deal, and all you know is Esau is five songs fashion. You know everything they did. You know how many presidents they had. You know how many, um, Everything, you know all about them, but you know nothing about the past. You don't even know your birth certificate in Exodus chapter 1. And in, and in your birth certificate, you not you was not called Hebrew, Jew, or Christian. Now you found the word Christian was a word that was put in by Tyndale in English. Tyndale, and he pulled it from the Latin and the Greek. And that word was pulled, and it was it was a slap in the face when it, when, it, when it was said then, when the children of Israel went to, to Antioch, the people there called them, what three words? When they got to Antioch, the people of Europe, Japan's land, called them what? Here what they called them when they got there. What they called them again, young man? Here what they called them. See, we don't know when somebody, it's like somebody sitting there speaking, you know, language to you and grinning. But he's calling you everything but, but the Israel and Israelite. <laughs> but they're grinning at you, and you grin back with them. <laughs> and, you grin, and you grin back with them. This word, Christian, was a derogatory statement that was pulled from William uh, Tisdale. What the, what the man, what the, what the, who was the first English Bible? I know William Tisdale was one of them. He wrote William Tyndale. They wrote the first English Bible, but they translated that Bible from the Latin and the Greek. And the word, and they put the word Christian there, but the word that was there prior to it was Latin and Greek, and it meant what did it mean when the children of Israel, Judah, Benjamin, Levi, when they came to Antioch, what was that word meant again? Coming out your dictionary again, Nehemiah. Call your dictionary out and tell what was there and what was they saying when you got over there to bring some covenant teaching to them. They call you what? What do they call you? What do they call you? Call your book out again. Okay. Miriam Webster Dictionary. Chris, a stupid Valgore. Incentive person. Now you know, now they, they, now they don't get as mad as me until the guard getting the Bible and looking up exactly what dictionary you got it from and it's right there for you. That was the word was told to the people when they when the children 
of the book got over there, they was called them three names. And and what did that word uh, bogus mean? What 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 were they calling you when they called you that word? They was calling you that word mean three things, but that ain't no regular word. So now we went over this already. B U L G A N. What were they really calling you? What's that word really mean? What's that word mean, young man? See, we went over this already. And this is number, you know, mm-hmm. I, I pulled for the six morning camps because Phil tried to give it all he got and put all the knowledge in you because, you know, in the day, those Phil could be not around. You know, right. that's how you got to give it all you got. It'll change to get. So I still try to do all he can so he can get him away or down my good and faithful service. But it got to be something that's prepared to take the mantle and take care of these people. But probably, y'all probably keep the seal alone much longer so you can really see who is on the right track and to uh, take this thing forward because this thing coming to an end. That's why we let you know that you take these six days a week lightly. But the spirit is led by the spirit of Yahweh. And we're trying to inform you that it's time for you to look back at what you've been taught. Because when you go to a Christian establishment, the first thing your uh, pastor says, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? And they get mad at you if you say you're not a Christian. Wait a minute. But if you're able to pull your pastor to the side and show you what his word coming from, it's coming from a Latin, and Latin comes from the Greek. That's calling you a Say it again. I'm not going to say it myself. I'm going to let the heat be on you, but I know it's going to be on me. What name of the book you can read out hey. in your mind? Merriam Webster Dictionary. Christian. D R E T I N. A stupid, vulgar, or attentive person. Now, what do you vulgar mean?
which is called detective work. Your scholarly biblical detective work on the word Christian, they was calling you a what word again? Um B B U L G A R. It's called you what again, uh, young man? Okay. Let me rephrase that. Okay. This this is all also for the Miriam Webster dictionary. On the Valgor, same meaning. It says here, Valgor, court, implies roughness, rudeness, or crudeness of spirit, behavior, of language. You see that? And you got, and you got the preacher telling you a minute, uh, what is your religion? Well, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian boy. I'm a Baptist Christian. See that? Don't have a clue what they're going to say. And that's why I see him watch the best of me, wipe his eyes. Because I see that as they uh, open up a, a detective agency, a biblical detective agency, you got to give them some information that you need to have to find out what you're looking for. What I want you come. I want. I think my my better half is back doing me. Oh, yeah? When you hit the right place, I, I think when I'm at work, somebody's coming over my house, I, I think maybe my partner is, is going somewhere else. Okay. Where your house, what address to your house, and give me, the, give me a picture of the one you want me to check on. Well, it don't make no difference what they look like. What you just say? It don't make no difference what she look like. Well, how can I help you? If you don't make no difference for what she looks like, I need to have something to go on. And I will tell you today, it don't make no difference what he looks like now. Why? Where do you get that from? If it didn't make no difference, then they were never done the prophecy of First Maccabees 3.14. If it didn't make no difference, then why didn't it didn't make no difference? If it don't make no difference, then when we read, uh, Maccabees 348, it should have it overlooked again. What it said in, Ma- in 1 Maccabees 348. It don't make no difference. Got it changed today. It don't make no difference about what he looked like. If it don't make no difference, then what is this 348 prophecy is in his book for? If it didn't make no difference, it shouldn't make no difference then. What it said in 1 Maccabees 3. 48. The book of 1 Maccabees, chapter 3, verse 48. And lay open the book of the law, where read the heathen, nature of Esau and his five sons, Amalek, has sought to take the likeness of their images. It don't make no difference. Why did, why did it, if it didn't make no difference, why do you tell the otherwise family today as the white man and white woman? Why did you take your likeness on Israel, the Israelite images. They did. So now when we read, now when we get a Bible, we see a bunch of pale red looking uh, <laughs> goat and horsehair people all through the book. Angels, everybody. But anyway, anyway was written. And it was prophesied that they was going to do that. They're going to paint 
over your picture and put their picture there. And that's why you have some of your best scholarly teachers saying, you know, the children of Israel, they are Middle Eastern looking. They look like Middle Eastern. And then you go right to the Roman Catholic Church. And they got a special room where they got Guadalupe in there. And they got a, a pale looking woman crying. And then you got people go all the way over to parts of land just to see Mary cry. They spend big money to see Mary cry. Mary's not pale, red looking, or high yellow. Not according to the Bible. You see what they're doing? And they jack you up every time. I like money you spend. They got them. The Northern Kings specialize in that. Every year they go to, can't see the place right now, and they pay all this money to go see a statue that's in crime. And it says Mary. That's not Mary. Did you know what Mary said about herself? Do you know what Mary said about herself? In the book of Luke, let me show what Mary said about herself. If you turn the Bible to investigating scholarly detective work, what did Mary say about oh, What did Mary say? Go to Luke and see what Mary said. See, when you sit down and listen to the best of them, that's why it's so important for you to support this ministry. We need to be headlong on land school and banquet hall to help our senior citizens on the way out the door and the baby's coming in to let them hear some part of the truth what they about here and for they get terminated in these grade schools. Did you know what Mary said? Let's see what Mary said herself. Mary's going to do some talk. We're going to see what did she say out of her own mouth. Mary. Mary, what did you say? Huh. We're going to see what Mary said out of her own mouth. That's what we're going to do. What did Mary say? We're going to Luke chapter 1 and see what Mary said out of her own mouth. Let's take it to verse 45. Let's see what Mary said out of her own mouth. Now, 145 of Luke. Let's read a bit and see what Mary said. Book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 45. Luke, chapter 1, verse 45, read. And blessed is she that believe it, but there should be a performance of those things which were told her from Yahweh. Verse 46. And Mary, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul do magnify Yahweh. What is that? Wait a minute. What did you say? Mary said her soul magnify who? Yahweh. How, how many letters is that? Four letters. Y H W H. Mary said her soul magnify. She magnifies her son Yahweh. And what does she say next? What did Mary say next in 47? 47. And my spirit has rejoiced in Yahweh, my Savior. I hate that stuff. You mean Mary said Yahweh is her Savior? 
Yes, Leroy. Mary can't, Mary can't save nobody. She said, I need a savior. I'm just a mortal woman. Dead in the ground like everybody else. Huh? You go out and spend money to go see Mary cry. Got you a pale red. Got you crying. How much money you spend? They go to do a pyramid every year on that. Go see a statue crying, and that's not Mary. Mary said, I need me a savior. That's the Mary of the Bible talk. I need me a savior. What else did Mary say in verse 48? Verse 48. For he had regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from his fault, all generations, she should call me black. They're going to call her black because she's talking good. What else she saying? What else did she say in verse 50? I'm going to keep reading down and see what else she said all in the 54. Now, Mary does a whole lot. She's feeling good. She's doing a whole lot of talk. What else she say? Verse 50 to 54. Luke chapter 1, verse 50 to 54. Verse 50 reads, And his mercy is on them that fear him for generation to generation. I read that. Stuff. 51. You know what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He said, listen. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Well, wait a minute. His mercy on them that fear him. How do you fear him? 111 verse 10. How do you fear him? Psalm 111 so, verse 10. He said, his mercy. Hold on, young lion. Just some of your ears reading. Let's go say getting in there for you. Cause of himself. Listen, he was he was married. You blessed if you fear him, but you out there trying to worry about me crying from a a a, a statue made by me. You out there spending big money to watch to go and spend all that money from a statue made by hand, and I told you don't. I told what I tell you not to do. What I told you not to do. He, you're not paying the Bible no attention. We're going to Luke. I mean, a little bit. See, you're not paying the Bible no attention. Did you know I said something to Moses about something about the 18th? It's something I said in the book of Leviticus to Moses to tell Israel the Israelite something. I told him something. I had Moses put it in writing, something. What did I say in writing? I said something to the children of Israel, the Israelites. What did I say? I said something that we need to read. But those seers struggling. So now he's struggling, but he said something. I looked Moses eyeball to eyeball. I said, Moses, would you tell Israel, the Israelites, something? And what do you say? Say, well, give me, um, it's getting warmed up, but that thing's about a little long. Let's read 18, 1 and 2 first. Just get warmed up. This is not the looking for. But give me 18, 1 and 2. Go to Leviticus chapter 18. Verse 1 and verse 2. 
Leviticus chapter 18, verse 1. And it reads, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Verse 2, Speaking to the children of Israel, the Israelites, and said to them, I am Yahweh, yo Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Good. And, 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 what, and what else did he say? Go to, go to, uh, that was 18, right? Go to the 19th chapter. And what do you, what do you say in the 19th chapter? Start reading that. The 19th chapter. Verse 1. Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 1. It reads, And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Verse 2. Speaking to, speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, the Israelites, and said to them, Ye should be righteous, for I, Yahweh, your Yahweh, am righteous. Verse 3. Verse 3. You should fear every man, his mother, and his father. And keep my Sabbath. I am Yahweh, your Yahweh. Verse 4. Turn you not into idols, nor make to yourself molten. False Yahweh. For I am Yahweh, your Yahweh. Read verse 4 again. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 4. Turn you not into idols, nor make to yourselves molten. False Yahweh. I am Yahweh, yo Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Well, see, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back with a Wednesday. He talks about a statement there, young man. I'll come back with it Wednesday. He says something else. He don't want you to do something else. But I'm struggling right now on reading stuff. I, I want to hear, I want to hear it read first to me to comment on it. And, um, Turn to the 26th chapter. Now, listen. Hallelujah. Now, now, in the 26th chapter, those that go to the Catholic Church, they go to the Vatican City, they go every year to see a statue, cry, and spend all that money with their patio. Do you know what's written in the 26th chapter of Leviticus? Do you know this is written? See, we do the technology work. You'll find out something, then you watch the person who plays the book. Look what Yahweh says in 26, verse 1, 2, and 3. Read 1 and, and pause on 1. Let's read 1, pick 1 verse at a time. Verse 1, 26, 1. Book of Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 1. You should make you shall make you no idols, nor a graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am Yahweh, your Yahweh. You see that? He said, now, don't sit up no stone image and bow down to it. You are kissed the feet over in the Roman Catholic Church, the statue of Jesus' feet. 
and Mary seen to your wife all the paint on them. Bow down to in the The man that made the heaven and earth told Moses to tell the children of Israel his wife. Don't you do that. Now, if you are of another nation, you're not children of Israel, I guess you can do, because he didn't give you the law, statutes, and commandments. But I rule you, if you're not to follow, I'll leave. It's it telling the children of Israel, the Israelites, not to do that. Not to look yeah, at all the, in the Vatican City, all across the wall, wall to wall, you see all the uh, pale of people all across the wall, right? Then when you get inside the door, you got all type of statues of Mary, the baby Jesus, everybody. And don't you come in them, you bow down to it and kiss the feet, don't you? And that what you do? Then you do your across the, the, the shoulders and up and down, right? So what Yahweh say? 26 verse 1. This is Yahweh speaking to Moses. Tell me, Moses, what? Read 26 1, real slow and good, and those who got ears, just listen to the Bible. Don't get mad, though, fear. Just look what the fear has investigated and done detective work, literally detective work for you. God might see you on the right side, because he's not on the right side, you're on the left side, you'll be in the back. And, and, and they're going to ask you, didn't no fear reach it to you? Yeah, I heard it, but I got mad at him. I got in my feelings. But he read you what I told Moses to put in writing for to tell you in time to come. What did he say in 26 1? The book of Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 1. He shall make you no idols nor graven image. Neither bring you up a standing image. Neither should you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it. For I am Yahweh, yo Yahweh. Now, when you go to any Christian church, remember the Roman Catholic Church is the head of the Christian. When you go into Christian church, what you gonna run into? You gonna run into what he tell you that you are gonna be serving in twenty eight sixty four. Do you run into this or not? When you go into any Christian church, do you run into a twenty eight sixty four? I'm asking you a question. Do you? Let's see what he says in Deuteronomy twenty sixty four. And tell me when you go into a Christian church, do you run into this? 2864, what does it say? Deuteronomy. Fifth book of the law, the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, verse 64. And Yahweh shall scatter you among all people from one end of the earth, even to the other. And there shall you serve other false Yahweh, which neither you nor your fathers have known, even wood and stone. Even wood and stone. He said, you don't serve even wood and stone. Wood is the cross. Wood is the cross. Every Christian church you go to, what do you run into? The cross. 
He said you're going to do that. You're going to serve. And then if you jump and say, well, I want to be, I want to, I want to be Islam, then you got to serve the rock. You got to walk around the metal That's rock right. every time with the black feet on top of it. You see the man saying you what you're going to do? Now tell me what you are. What you are are you? A Christian or a Muslim? If you're a Christian, you serve the cross, right? Now they don't got it up to date. Now when they got life going through with it, it'll be flashing you to come on in with the cross. Then, boy, you said, well, I want to up it. I want to get higher than this. Well, I'm going to be near Muslim. Now you got to serve the rock. Then you're going to do that. Because you see the one to serve Christian and Islamic, they serve the cross. The wooden cross, and they they serve as standing images. They now you got people that will take their hard-earned money and go once a year to see a statue, pale red, cry and say this is Mary, and they'll spend all that money to go over there and to do a painting. What do, you, what do y'all want to say behind me? 55, 1, 2, 3, that uh, young man? Uh, Isaiah? What do I say behind that? What do he say? Show Isaiah. What do he say to Isaiah to put him right on what the biblical Israel, the Israelites, tell them what not to do? What do he say to them in Isaiah 55? One, two, and three. Hey, what do you say to that young man? Look, Isaiah, it's here. Chapter 55, verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 55, verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. And ye that have no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labors for that which satisfy not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. Yet shall light, the light itself, in fatness. Verse 3. And climb your ear, and come unto me here, and your light should live, your soul should live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even sure mercies of David. Mm-hmm. Now read uh, four down to verse eight. Now listen, now take the time, young man. You understand? If the monsters come to me, why are you going and spending hard-earned money to go watch a statue made by him? Huh? Made by him. Do you know Abraham? Broke his father's statue made by hand, and then his father asked him, "Hey, what happened to my statues in there?" He said, um, "I tried to get him get your statues something to eat, and they wouldn't eat. So I, I think they, I think they uh to a fight against each other." He said, "You lying to me, my boy? Some statues can't do nothing." He said, "Yeah, they got the whole case, daddy. They can't do nothing. So why are you worshiping me? Got him in the house." That's right, Daddy. They can't do nothing. But look at you. And Chris, praise you go. You go. That's it. Praise made by the fool. Go ahead, young man. Go ahead. Hey, Cesar, can you give me a minute? A second. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, uh, just give me a minute. I'll give you two minutes. 
right, go ahead. I need two, three minutes. So now, okay. man, go ahead. Take, take the time. I got, I got ten things. Those that got in here. Right. The statues that you have, Yahweh says, don't bow down to them and don't even make them. They made by man's hand. You go into a Christian church. And you see crosses everywhere. Huh? He's telling you, now, okay, imagine, okay, we, we, we're taking it to the world. The sign says, stop at the red light. But you probably do. Then the police come behind you and pull you over and say, you can stop at the red light. You know, I got to get a ticket for it. Huh? Honor the red light. So I got to give you a ticket for it. See? You went down to the wrong way street. I got to give you a ticket for it. Now I'm telling you not to worship. Don't bow down to no Mary, the baby Jesus, Paul, none of that stuff made by hand. He said, don't you do it. But you know what you do? You do it anyway. Because you just ignore the Bible saying, and that's why you end up, your license taken from you, you go to jail, and everything happens to you. Because you're disobeying the rules. So how do you think you'll get in the game yeah, by disobeying the man's rules? You're disobeying the man's rules. You think you'll get in the kingdom by disobeying the man telling you to do? He's telling you what not to do. And Abraham had a had a problem with his father. He said, "No, I did not. I did not put statues over there. They fought. They 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 were fighting over the food." He said, "You lying to me, my boy. Them statues can't do nothing. They can't do nothing for you. Why are you lying to me?" He said, "Yeah, daddy, that's what I'm talking about. Why are you making them things? It's because old Ham, you know, remember all them? They got they like that kind of stuff. That's why he did it. I did it. Keep 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 bread on the table. You see this? See." We out of order everywhere. How this man going to bless us if we don't do nothing the Bible tells us to do? Then in 26 verse 1, it tells us not to do that. You don't spend no money going to yeah, no crying series, no Guadalupe crying somewhere else. You don't put no money in that. That stack is made by hand. Read 26 verse 1 again. Uh, and three, three, one again one more time. I'm hoping it helps somebody, because I want all the blessings I can get. When I stand for the Almighty, I did show them, but they paid no seal, no never mind. So we say in Leviticus 26, verse 1. The book of Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 1. Leviticus, chapter 26, verse 1. Ye shall make you no idols, nor graven images, neither rear you up a standing image. Neither should you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it. For I am Yahweh, your Yahweh. He said, now you go into the Catholic church. It'd be a line outside before they get in by trying to keep and bow down to the image of, of Mary and baby Jesus. They have to stop first and, and do the cross sign on that, then bow down and kiss the feet. And then go inside. They have a long line to get inside. They got statues everywhere before you get inside. 
and y'all probably don't do it. You know they go to the job and tell you, uh, you, uh, you came in late. Oh uh, yeah, I was running a little late. Okay, good, but don't uh, don't don't um don't come in late no more. I'm doing about to find you for being late. You come mm-hmm. in again late. Yeah. Come in again late. We know what happened to you. You know what happened to you when you disobey the ball. You know what happened to you. The same thing you come here. Why you go disobeying the Bible and got the Bible in your hand? The Bible says don't do it. And look what the Bible tells you to do in 26 verse 2. Now tell me, do you do you do, do you do this for him? And Leviticus uh 26 verse 2. Do you do a 26 verse 2? Leviticus chapter 26 verse 2. Ye should keep my Sabbath and reverence my temple. I am Yahweh. Do, do you do that? The, the, the Catholic Church, which is the the Christian Church, they don't they don't keep no they don't keep no they don't reverence. They keep Sunday, first day of the week. Isn't isn't that contrary to the Bible? Isn't Sunday the wrong day? Huh? How do you expect to get to the kingdom doing something wrong? Where it says in verse 3. Verse 3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and laws and do death. You see the man's hand? Now, tell me something. How do you keep his laws, statutes, and commandments the Bible hand by keeping Sunday, violating down the statutes, or Paying your hard-earned money to go see a pale red Mary statue that's crime made by main hand, and then you come back and tell somebody that it was crime. We got the different time to get the statue crime. A statue made by hand, huh? They got so much hocus pocus out there. They might got the statue crime by hand, but it ain't. It ain't got what well, got crime by hand. So y'all, well, I told you don't do it. You know, Satan got power too. He got big power. But guess what? Guess what Satan said about his power? I'm going to say what he said about his power. Let's go to uh, the book of Luke. See, I'm saying so. We watch everybody on the page. We watch what you do. You pay the seven, eight, no, never mind. Hey, you do something. Okay, not bow down the statue. You do it anyway. Then you come back and report that statue going to be crying. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna get there just in time to catch the statue crying. <laughs> you get there made by man hand. You see what you do? Then, by being in a high position, if you are, you have somebody believe that stuff. See, and you mess them up. But what he says in Matthew chapter four, young man, what he says, pick it around by verse seven. What, what the Matthew? No. Hold on, young man. Hold on. Hold on. No, I, I, want, I want to bring Satan in. I, I want to see what he said. What did Satan say? Take it to verse 5. 4 verse 5. What, what, what he said? What, what he said is read with it from 4 verse 5. What did he say there, young man? The book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 5 reads. Then, then Satan the devil. Taking them up into the righteous city 
and setting them in a pinnacle of the temple. Verse 6. It says here, if you be the son of Yahweh the Father, cast yourself down, for it is written, he should give his angel charge concerning you, and in their hands they should bear ye up, lest any time you dash your foot against the stone. Verse 7. Yahweh the Son says here, it is written again, you should not tempt Yahweh, your Yahweh. Verse 8, again, Satan the devil, taking him up into a seemingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the greatness of them. Verse 9, and said unto him, all these things will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Hey, that's something. You the man saying? I give it to you. How big you, how big you want the church? How big you want it? How many statues you want it? Uh, I give it to you. But I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to worship me. The Bible tells you keep sundown Friday, sundown Saturday. You folks in your mind folks said, no, I'm keep 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm going to sit in the room where Guadalupe is at on, on the wall with a Middle Eastern-looking Mary. I'm going to go watch it, and I'm going to take my hard-earned money, and I'm going over there where every year we get there just in time to catch Mary crying. A statue made by him. Huh? That's what I'm going to do. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. He's talking about worship. Who are you worshiping? Is you worship what's in the Bible or you worship what's outside of the Bible? What it says in 1 verse 5 through 7 in Luke. Let's see the words that he uses. 1 verse 5 through 7 in the book of Luke. What does it say? 1 Luke chapter 4 verse 5 through 7. Say that young line. Then we'll comment on what you read out of the Bible. If you follow me along, what does it say? The book of Luke. Chapter 4, verse 5 through 7. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 reads, And Satan the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, and showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6. And Satan, the devil, said unto him, All this power will I give you, and the greatness of it, but that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Verse 7, if you therefore will worship me, all should be yours. See that? You say, so Satan is blessing business too. So Satan is blessing business. He said, what you want? I give it to you. How many people did you, did you see? You, you see your auntie, your, 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 your best friend, your neighbor. You got them all doing Sunday, Lord God and Jesus. You receive all of them. I bless you. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you, and you help doing my will? Huh? And you doing Satan's will? You ain't doing my will. Huh? You ain't doing my will. You doing Satan's will. But he told John in prison about this right here. He said, no, let me tell you something. They're going to they they take it all the way in. And John was in prison according to uh, 1 verse 9. What's that brother? Revelation 1 9. Let's see what John was at. When John received this information, we're going to read 
and 14, verse 8, until we get our point of end time prophecy. What would John say he was at in 1, verse 9, then skip down to 17 through 19? And why is he writing it? But see what he said, Revelation 1, 9, 17 to 19. What is that, young man? End time prophecy. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. 17 to 19. Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. Read. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Yahweh the Son, what is what in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of Yahweh the Father and for the covenant of Yahweh the Son. He said, I was in prison. Hold on, young man. He said, I was in prison just to receive the word of Yahweh. Yahweh had me locked up. I mean, the devil had me locked up for Yahweh to come to me and slow me down if I could take care of his business. So he was in prison. So now, look what happened in verse, and look what told him why he was in prison, 17 through 19. Revelation chapter 1, verse 17 to 19. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah. I have the keys of hell and of death. Verse 19. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are. And the things which shall be hereafter. So, John writing the hereafter. He said, everything ain't going to come after 96 AD. John put it in writing. He put his pen down in 96 AD. He writing the hereafter. What, what was told by the angels for him to write and speak of verse number nine? Let's read a little bit and see what was told to John by the angel to put him right. 14, verse 9, we read a little bit. Come on. Book of Revelation, entire prophecy, chapter 14, verse 9. Revelation, chapter 14, verse 9. And the third angel followed them, saying, With a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark, in his forehead, or in his hand. Verse 10. The saints shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Yahweh, which is poured out without mixture unto the cup of this indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the righteous angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Yeah. Verse now, if you worship beast in his image, you're going to be tormented, and he's going he say, when he's pulled out without mixing, he said, that's how it won't happen to you if you worship the beast in his image. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, young man. Let's, let's, let's examine, let's see if you're doing it. Let's see if you worship the beast in his image. We go on to Luke chapter 1, and look at verse 26, 27, and 36, and 39. We go on to see, is you, is you, Doing worshiping seven said what? Luke chapter one, 
verse 26 to 27. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Read. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from Yahweh unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Verse 27. To a virgin espoused, to a man whose name was Joseph, of the family of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 36. Verse 27. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from Yahweh to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth. Verse 27. To a virgin espoused, to a man whose name was Joseph of the family of David. Oh, so she, she was engaged to a man that was of the family of David, Joseph. She was engaged to him, right, to marry him. What do we say in Numbers 3, 4, and 8? Listen to this here. What do the record say about this? By her being espoused to Joseph to be his wife, what do the Bible say about that in Numbers 36? Three, four, and eight. What does the Bible say about that, young lion? As I see, Israel, can you repeat the verse? Numbers 36, verse 3, 4, and 8. Let's see what the Bible, what does it say? Let's see what the rules and regulations say about that out of the heavenly tablet. Somebody uh, espoused to be somebody, to marry somebody. What does the Bible say about that in Numbers 36, 3, 4, and 8? Go on to the book of Numbers, chapter 36, verse 3, 4, and 8. Numbers, chapter 36, verse 3. Numbers, chapter 36, verse 3 reads, And if they be married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then should their inheritance be taken from the inheritance of our fathers and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So should it be taken from the lot of our inheritance. Verse 4. And when the jubilee of the children of Israel shall be, then should their inheritance be put unto the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So should their inheritance be taken away from the inheritance of the tribe of our fathers. Verse 8. And every daughter that possessed inheritance of any tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife unto one of the family of the tribe of her father, that the children of Israel may enjoy every man the inheritance of his father. Oh, so that makes Mary being engaged to Joseph. She had to be a what? A descendant of the tribe of Judah. She could not the law and got with Joseph unless she was from the house of David, like Joseph was. She couldn't be a person of another nation. So Mary have to look, have to be out of the same tribe that 
Joseph came out of. And Joseph came out of what tribe in the second chapter, verse 4? What was Joseph? So you see what we're doing? And look at all the money we spend, and we spending that money for nothing. Mary could not have been the picture and the statue that you're looking at because she could not be of a, she could not marry those of another nation. She had to marry somebody from her own tribe. She married Joseph, and Joseph was from what tribe that we can read in Luke 2, verse 4. What tribe he from? Four and five. Let's read verse four and five. Luke two. We're going to the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Luke, chapter 2, verse 4 reads, And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto the land of Judah, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the family and lineage of David. Ah. Verse 5. To be taxed with Mary, his ex-spouse wife. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.